And I'm your host, Kristen, of Building a Life You Love. And each week on the show, we're going to help you figure out how you do go after your dreams and find work you love. Here we go. Let's get started. And welcome back to another episode of Building a Life You Love. This is your host, Kristen. And I am so excited for today's episode. I actually talked to a alternative healthcare practitioner who, when she was 16, actually for over a year was quadriplegic because of some of the things going on with her health. She is going to teach us how we can use our bodies to monitor what our brain likes and how we can train our brain to change the course of our day and improve our health. This episode can be so useful and a benefit to everyone that listens. Before we jump into today's episode, I just want to let you know about a program I'm starting in a couple weeks, and I just want to let you know a little bit about it. Feeling stuck? I would love for you to go to kristenfitch.com unstuck and check out a program I have coming up in January. We will be doing pre-sales in December, starting December 1st, but this is a place for encouragement and accountability. We're going to have accountability most days of the week, and I am going to help you focus on the things that matter most to build something you love and that you're proud of and that has impact in the world. And if you need a little bit of tech how-to or help, I can help you with that too. Just go to kristenfitch.com slash unstuck, and between now and December 5th, we are running a Cyber Monday special. So I would love for you to check it out. And if you have questions, I would love to hear from you. Hi, today in the show, I would like to welcome Allison Lighthizer to the show. She's an alternative healthcare practitioner and she helps people heal and recover what they have going on in their lives. And I just want to welcome you today, Allison. Welcome. Thank you so much, Kristen. I'm really delighted to be here. Oh, I think this will be such an interesting and wonderful conversation. You have such a unique story and I can't wait to dig into this. Can you start up sharing with us your journey and sort of your backstory and what got you into what you're doing now? I tease that I have a made for TV movie. Like I have a, my life story is made for a TV movie yeah. <laughs> because I used to be quadriplegic when I was 16. I got a virus in my spinal cord yeah. and um, I, it didn't happen, you know, right away, but I started falling a lot and I had had some previous injuries to my neck and some previous infectious challenges. So I had a really hard time with my immune system. And then I think what happened is I just got a virus in my spinal cord in my kind of weak area and it ate away my nervous system and caused organ damage. And it left me completely paralyzed from the neck down. So I couldn't even like turn the channel on the TV or brush my own teeth or go to the bathroom by myself. So it was really quite a wake up call because I was like a straight A student, three sport athlete. I was very into moving and being independent and it was not the case, you know, once that happened. So we really had no idea what was happening and doctors didn't really either. I didn't fit a traditional mold. Mm -hmm. And if you had to have like five qualifications for MS or Guillain-Barre or, you know, there's so many different diagnoses. Um, I would feel like four out of the five because I was never really diagnosed with anything super concrete. They just said I had a virus in my spinal cord. And um, so we were left with a lot of questions and not a lot of help. So we began to just like keep looking, you know, keep looking for answers. And thank goodness my my parents were open (laughs) to doing different things. And about almost a year later, we found this new clinic that we tried and it was called integrative manual therapy. And they said that they thought that they could help us. And we had hope for the first time. I mean, we'd been to a gazillion and three specialists. 
So it was pretty amazing to hear like, we think we can help you. And after that experience, I decided I want to bring hope to other people. I want to help people get better. And, um, you know, it was, it was quite uh, an intense period of my life where I was so disabled and really had very little hope for ever recovering. So a lot of depression, a lot of um, deep, like, do I want to live if it's going to be like this? <laughs> you know, a lot of questions. So, so how long was that time frame where you really couldn't do anything for yourself? And like you said, you were, you know, you basically were paralyzed from the neck down. How long was that time frame? Was it a year or a year? Yeah, about a year. Yeah. About a year, yeah. And then once you started working with this new clinic, how long was that process to kind of start healing your body and be able to start functioning? I mean, your physical um, movement and stuff again. Well, it was actually amazingly fast for me to recover my function. I had also this like blood pressure disorder um, where if they, if, even if I couldn't sit up myself, if someone sat me up, I would pass out. So that was tricky. <laughs> also, yeah. So I remember the first time they had done sort of a more extensive treatment, I, they, they sat me up and I didn't pass out. I went like tunnel vision, but I didn't actually pass out. And that was like a miracle that hadn't happened in so long. So that was like the first indication that something really deep and significant was happening, that there was some really incredible healing occurring. And um, the about five months later from when I started, I went on a trip. I went to go visit my brother and I flew across the country. We, I grew up in California and he was working in North Carolina and I flew by myself, which was also incredible. And, um, I took a cane. So that just to give you a perspective of like how great I was doing functionally, the fatigue and the organ failure and the organ damage and stuff took longer. Mm -hmm. I had what I call bank account body for quite a number of years where, um, you know, I had a very low balance and, just normal things in life, like taking a shower would be a huge withdrawal. So I could like had to decide what I was going to do with my balance. And if I overdrew, you know, I'd have to be in bed for several days to two weeks. <laughs> so wow. it was a, a big learning process of, okay, well, I could maybe do this activity, but then I can't do anything for three days. So it was, it was an interesting time mentally because if you're starting to feel better and you functionally look more normal, then you still have to really conserve and watch and measure the kind of output that you can give in, in any given moment. Wow. Yeah, that, that's hard. So did that part improve, continue to improve, or is that something that you still have to kind of work with now as far as the energy and the, the um, that, that area? Yeah. You know, that, definitely improved. Like just to give you an example, the, um, I started t- taking classes at a junior college to finish high school. Cause I didn't want to be a fifth year high school senior. And, um, my mom would help me walk to the class. Like she would just kind of be with me yeah. sitting up and having to have my postural muscles engaged and learn all at the same time was like exhausting for me. So I usually needed like a little help getting out of there. Um, and then the following semester I was in a dance class. So, and now, I mean, um, from like a functional standpoint in 2013, 
2014, I think I was on American Ninja Warrior. I did a couple seasons com- competing at a pretty high level. Yeah. But now I don't choose to do that because I do other things with my energy. Right. But I think really we all have a bank account <laughs> body. We yeah, just, we all have a limited amount of resources, right? Yep. And we For always sure. have to choose like what you're taking out and what you're putting in. What's your deposit? That's right. Oh my goodness. Such an amazing journey that you took. And so walk us into, you know, that happened to you, you know, as a teenager and then, but I mean, what a wake up call, right. To understand, start understanding more about your body and the connection, you know, with your nervous system and the neurological um, piece of it. So tell us like, how did you then step into helping people in this way? Yeah, I started taking classes in 2002 and I just had this insatiable desire to learn more about the body and just found it fascinating and um, so incredible to learn like how we were created and how wonderful the body is. I began taking classes with the integrated manual therapy clinic and became a practitioner doing integrated manual therapy, which I still do today. But then I started doing other um, other types of learning as well. And I love teaching and educating people about neurology and how when we're, when we're partnering with our nervous system, when we do really specific ways that we can make deposits to our brain, like it really changes the way we can show up for ourselves, for our families, for our clients, and um, the way that we can really work that bank account for bank out body for our own benefit. Oh my gosh. I mean, it's so interesting. And I, uh, I do not study the brain, but I have had many conversations and I mean, I'll read books and stuff, but, and it's just so fascinating. And it, to me, it's so fascinating how little we know, but we know a lot more now than we did, you know, 10 years or 20 years ago. So it's such an interesting area, you know, of study and just how we can apply it in our own lives, which is what I love how you help people. Right. So it's not just, you know, I'm at, you know, doing this at a medical center or something, you know, and obviously in your case, it's more of an integrative um, facility, I guess. But tell us, how do we then use sort of some of the stuff you're helping people with? How do we use that in our own lives? How do we start learning to connect with our, was it our nervous system, did you say, or neurological? Yeah, with our, yeah. So, with our brain, with the nervous system, yeah, they're kind of interchangeable. Yeah. So, t- so tell us yeah. a little bit about that. Like, how can we all benefit from understanding how this works, how we connect better to this area of ourselves? Yeah, I think there's, it's helpful to just have a foundation of there's two different gears in the nervous system. There's parasympathetic, which is the name of the type of nervous system that helps us to rest, to digest, to heal. And then there's a sympathetic gear of the nervous system. And that is nicknamed fight, flight, or freeze, which I think most people have heard about by now. And typically, you know, we're way more biased into the fight, flight, or freeze with our lifestyle, with the the go, go, go. And um, we have problems. We have problems sleeping. We have problems digesting. We have problems healing. And the, that chronic stress can really rob us of the ability to regulate ourselves, regulate our nervous system. So once you know that you have like two different gears, if you learn how to downshift and get from the sympathetic, the, the fight, fight, or freeze into the parasympathetic, the rest, digest, and heal, yeah. it's going to give you the best opportunity to get good sleep to actually absorb the nutrients that you're giving your body when you when you eat your meals Uh and to be able to heal heal your body from from your stressful day from an injury from whatever it is a chronic illness could be 
but there's so many ways that you can pull yourself back into balance. Mm -hmm. And that's what I love is that what helps me might not be what helps you. You know, there's so many different doors into the body Uh and there's three main ways that you can influence your brain. So it gets like information from top three sources. So the first one is the visual system, like your eyes, how your eyes are interpreting information. And what is crazy about the eyes is that there's 10 million signals per second per eye that are sent to the brain. So we have an incredible amount of body of information that is that we're taking from our environment and giving our brain. And then the brain then interprets that information as like, okay, is that a lion coming at me? Should I turn and run? Or is this like someone coming in for a hug? You know, so it depends on how the brain is interpreting like what the output is. But when we change the input, when we change what kind of information our brain is getting, then typically we get a different output too. So there, there's the three different sources. There's visual, there's vestibular, which is like your inner ear. And then there's proprioceptive. And that's like how you feel your body in space. Like maybe you're driving and you feel your back on the chair or your feet on the floor, or however you're connecting with your environment. That's like your, the way that your body is getting information from your foot or from your back to your brain. So you can play with those different systems mm-hmm. and create different drills in those realms to give your brain different information. and then to create a different output. So if you always get really stressed when you're late, I get stressed when I'm late. <laughs> so I'll give that as an example. Um, you can do, I often will do like a breathing drill because I'll usually be in the car. So I can't really, you know, do something crazy with my eyes. I need to keep them on the road. Um, but I'll often do this breathing drill that tells my brain that I'm, I'm safe because it's slowing my respiration. It's slowing my heart rate. And it's like a backdoor to the brain. Be like, Hey, there's no, there's no tiger in the room here. Like we're good. It's totally safe. And you can go back into that parasympathetic mode. You can go back into that rest, digest and heal. Wow. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's so interesting. And so from that, like, and I, and I do like that example because we've all been in that situation where either we're stressed out and irritated about the traffic, right? Or like you said, we're running late for something, whether we could have done anything about it or not. The point is it's not most of us. We don't like that feeling, right? Because we're trying to be somewhere on time. We're probably usually on time to most things if we can help it. And so we can all kind of relate to that. And then, like you said, we can all relate to that. Oh, we can change our breathing. And from what I'm understanding is when we change our breathing, I mean, in any context, but obviously in this example, it's letting our body know, um, not only that it's not really like, in other words, we're making up the story that like, there's a problem with us being late, right? Like that it's this big stressor when really it's like the day is going to happen. Like it could be because our kid was running late. It could like it's out of our control really. And so to your point, changing your breathing is letting your body say like, yeah, I'm telling myself this story or. Or internalizing that it's such a huge thing when it's really not right and we yeah. can start to put it back into a realistic context right which yes. is like this is not an emergency it's not urgent really like it, the most important thing is just getting there safely which requires us to be focused and calm and present right right yeah. that we know what's going on yeah. absolutely oh that's so interesting well so tell me from that I know you um you talk about how we can actually listen to or use our bodies to understand um, like what does our brain like and how do we do more of that? Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. So 
we have a way to interpret what our brain likes and dislikes based on our range of motion. So if you have a really threatening situation, like even if you think back to grade school, like when you were, well, I grew up in California, so we did earthquake drills. <laughs> but if you, you know, if you had that drill, you were taught to curl up in a ball, like get into fetal position under a desk. So if you are walking on a pond, for example, a frozen pond, you step out into that pond and your movements are stiff, right? They're, they're not like elegant and long and relaxed. Your, your muscles are holding tension because your brain is interpreting that surface as possibly a threatening situation. But like that uh, range of motion that you would have compared to you walking from your bedroom to your kitchen that's a totally different experience, right? Your body feels safe. It's moving at a different, with a different rhythm. The muscle tension that you're experiencing is less. And when we do drills that we're trying to, to decide, you know, if our brain likes or not, we can just play with our range of motion a little bit and get instant feedback. So it's amazing because we can do it right after this, but what we can, I can walk you guys through some ranges of motion and you can just see where your baseline is. And then we can try a breathing drill, for example, since we talked about that. And we can then do the test, do the range of motion test, then do the drill, and then retest those ranges of motion and see what changed. It doesn't mean like it's magical because what that one breathing drill might not be like the key to your nervous system. It might be the key to Susan's nervous system, it might be the right. key to Lindsay's nervous system, but might not be the key to Kristen's nervous system. So, um, right. no, so when we do the, uh-huh. go ahead. Oh, no, when we do the range, of, when you do the range of motion, you are um, looking not only at like the how far you can move, but also the quality of movement. Mm-hmm. So sometimes your quality of movement will change, but the range of motion will not. So you mm-hmm. might not be an owl with your head, <laughs> with your neck range of motion looking all around, but you're like, Oh, that feels better. There's right. also like this internal sense that you can check into. Like I feel more grounded or I feel more peaceful. Right. So that's always a way to check in as well. Yeah. I like what you're saying is even if this one particular, you know, example or exercise doesn't work to kind of release some of the, whatever it is, tension or that motion range of motion. The point is, is if we can do other things, we start identifying oh, if I go do something creative or I stop, you know, I take a break from this and I go do this, right? You start feeling more at ease and sort of that, like you said, this more natural motion or feeling or less tension and whatever it is you're kind of checking in with, right? Yes, I love that. That's a perfect example. That's a perfect example. And I have a free video that I Uh send up to people all about how to work with the range of motion. Uh And I've had people take that video and like literally test everything that they're doing in their day and be like, Oh my gosh, I had no idea that this particular thing, like my brain loves and it helps me reset. And this one, not so much. (laughs) So it's a really cool tool. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because, like you said, some people, well, and also some people are going to hold on to in their more, their natural state for so long as is like a more high tension or high stress holding it into their bodies than others. And so I'm guessing it's like most things you do a massage one time, it may not take away all the tension. It might take a lot of times to go for one person, whereas another person gets full relief from one massage, right? Like in other words, yeah. their bodies are holding on to different amounts of things. 
Right. And what's what's really neat about when people find a handful of drills that work for them, Mm -hmm. when they do them regularly, when they do them over time, it changes Uh our baseline. So if we, we used to get stressed out from being late or we used to get stressed out every year and preparing for the holidays, for example, um, you know, then they'll be like, Oh my gosh, I didn't even react when that happened. Or I, I, I only got a little stressed. I only cried a little instead of every night for a month, you know? So it's amazing to see people's nervous systems transform and become this more balanced place. And the repercussions and ripple effect of that are just insane. And that can change your hormones. That can change your, your immune system. That can change your ability. Like I was saying earlier to be present and like, who, who doesn't love to be around someone who's present and do yeah. business with them? You know, but like it. Well, and before you kind of dive into that, which I can't wait to kind of uh, listen to that, I do want to mention because as you're speaking, I was thinking of this. Um, there is a book which I still need to get it, but I listened to a podcast interview with Mel Robbins, a personal development international speaker type person, but she's written a couple books. And the interview is about her newest book called The High Five Habit. And during COVID, I don't know if you've heard about this, but during COVID, she, I guess she looks in the mirror one day and she's kind of explaining that she's like, man, I look, I look rough, you know, like she's like physically her face. She's like, oh, I look, you know, dumpy in my clothes, just everything. Right. She was kind of like, whoa, I didn't know how bad it had gotten. And so I guess she just decides that morning, like, huh, I'm just going to high five myself in the mirror. Like she didn't even know why she did it that first day. Right. And she's like, she got a little peppier, you know? So she starts doing it for a couple of days in a row and she realizes like, wow, I, I look a little better. I feel a little more motivated to get stuff done. So anyways, so fast forward, right. For how many ever months she does this. And so she ends up writing this book about it or first she, you know, was talking about it online and then people start doing it and they all kind of start getting the same experience as her. So she wrote this book about it, but it's interesting because then she starts talking to, I don't know if it was a neuroscientist or behavioral neuroscience, you know, expert or what, but someone basically says, well, do you know why that is? Like, why did, why does that work? And they basically explain that your body has been conditioned for for your whole life, that when you lift your hand up, it's normally a signal to your body that it's a celebration. Like a high five is usually like, good job. Or you raise your hands to cheer. Like, woo, yay. And so they start, she starts explaining sort of, she didn't know why, right? Like she's not a scientist, but at the beginning, she didn't know why it made her feel better, but she knew this habit made a huge change in her life, right? It probably increased her, uh, Sarah's, well, anyways, right. Like all the good hormones. Yeah. And so the point was, is it, it physically had a change on her body and her nervous system. But I think that was a really interesting example because, you know, I wouldn't have thought about the connection either, which is we've already been training ourselves that when our hands go up, it's mostly always a really good celebratory, positive experience. (laughs) So we don't even have to speak and we get that rush. And yeah. so kind of what you're saying is similar, right? Where you're now just trying to understand what your body's doing and then kind of give it this, um, these little tweaks or changes that make us shift into, you know, a different um, response or change it slowly. So yeah. I just thought that was kind of interesting. It just popped in my head as you were talking about. Oh, that. yeah, that's great. That also makes me think of they've done a lot of studies on that posture that uh-huh. like Superman holds like the, the hands yeah. on the hips and like broad chest and standing yeah, really yeah. tall. And they've done a lot of studies about how like you should do that before an interview and stuff like that because it increases your confidence and yeah. changes your hormones and all those things. So there's so many things we can do with our physical body that change a cascade so cool. of things that happen in, inside. 
and that how we feel about ourselves and how we appear to others. Yeah, that's so neat. So yeah, do you want to do you want to kind of dive into sort of these exercise or drill examples that you were mentioning? Yeah, let's do it. So we just want to kind of get a baseline for how we're feeling. So you can just close your eyes for a second and just check in and be like on a scale of one to ten, like how how stressed am I feeling? How relaxed am I feeling? And then just because we're sitting down, we can just do some neck range of mushroom. So just turn your head from side to side. Just kind of see how tense your neck is or how relaxed it is, how it feels. Mm-hmm. And we could raise our arm and see like how our shoulder is moving. Just kind of see how both sides, how tight or not that feels. Uh-huh. And then that'll be our pre-test. And then we'll do our drill. And this is this is a drill that you can typically do it with um like a theraband a stretchy thing, uh-huh. but we can just do it with our hands. So I'm going to have you put your hands around your lower rib cage uh-huh. and just give yourself some pressure uh-huh. so you can feel the resistance when you breathe and you're going to breathe into your hands. So you're going to breathe three dimension, three dimensionally. You're going to kind of be pushing your hands out with your ribs. Okay. Got it. But just normal breaths, just normal breaths. Yeah. But you're really activating that lower rib cage and you are getting your brain's attention with your hands there. That that's what we're focusing on. So do a few breaths like that. And then we're gonna go front and back, put like one hand on your lower rib cage and one hand on the back of your rib cage. And you're gonna try and breathe. We just did side to side, and now we're gonna try and breathe front to back. So expanding three-dimensionally. Because so often when we're stressed, we take these little shallow breaths and we can even use our neck muscles as accessory breathing muscles. So our neck gets so tight and we're like basically telling our body that we're hyperventilating (laughs) when we take those little shallow breaths. So this is just a quick breathing exercise to help the body remember, oh, I have a rib cage. I have muscles that can move it that don't attach in my neck and it can also slow your breathing down a little bit and just give your brain more oxygen, which it needs. (laughs) It feels always good to have more oxygen in your body and be a more effective breather. So now that we've done just a few breaths with that, we can retest and we can redo those ranges of motion. So you can close your eyes and just check in and see on a scale of one to 10, like how, stressed do you feel how relaxed do you feel and then you can take a little check with your neck and go from side to side and see does the quality of movement feel different do you feel like you can go further and you can check your shoulder range of motion also and see does that feel easier does that feel like you're moving it in a different way yeah i can I tell when i took the deeper breaths um not the range of motion part, but the deeper breaths, I could definitely feel like a little less tension in my neck, actually. Mm, nice. Yeah. And then the neck exercise, maybe just a little bit of it felt just a little less effort. And then the arms, maybe my left one felt a little easier. My right one feels tighter still. Yeah. But yeah, I could notice. And actually, even on a normal day, if I, if I happen to check my heart rate, just on my phone, you know, it's on your phone. And I'm like, oh, that seems like a little higher than normal. If I'm just sitting here, I will do yeah. like take a super deep breath. And then I'll mm. test it and it usually drops you know, yeah. 10, 10 or 15. 
uh, beats at least, you know, just from doing that really deep breath, because to your point, I've probably just been sitting here on my computer breathing really, really low and shallow, you know, like I just not realizing it. And so I will take that really deep breath or two and I can, I can literally shift even my heart rate in seconds just from taking that one breath. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many things that shift physiologically when we, when we do, do those reset exercises. Uh That's so powerful. That's amazing. That's so cool. And are there any other ones that are similar to that? Where is it mostly, I know you said there's other ones that aren't just breathing. Were you going to tell us about a different example? Sure. Well, one that I love that is usually a crowd pleaser that people's nervous systems like are, is gargling. And there's a cranial nerve called the vagus nerve and it's cranial nerve 10 and it comes out of the back of your head and it goes around your neck and down and kind of goes, it's friends with your heart and all throughout your digestive system. So it's a uh-huh. huge nerve and it has a really impressive <laughs> uh, regulatory response on that parasympathetic nervous system, on that uh-huh. rest, digest, and heal, on our heart rate, on our um, digestive system, on our ability to absorb and eliminate. And so gargling, when we gargle, we're vibrating in our throat here and that that vibration carries to that nerve on the, when it comes in our neck. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you have water, if you want to try it, but you can gargle for like 10 to 30 seconds. Uh-huh. Oh, I before you want. <laughs> Do you want me to right now? Sure. Go for it. Go for it. Yeah. Like you want me to make a gargle sound like, like that? Yeah. 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 <laughs> and you can feel on either side of your neck and feel it vibrating. You can touch your throat mm-hmm. and feel it vibrating. And sometimes it'll be interesting because you'll feel it more on one side than the other. Mm-hmm. And, um, so when you gargle, when you're doing that vibratory uh-huh. exercise, you're stimulating the vagus nerve uh-huh. and you might have to gargle a few times and right. we're not really used to gargling. So at first it could feel like, am I gargling or am I choking? <laughs> but, um, when you go ahead and since you did the gargling, recheck your ranges of motion that you just did yeah, and see if it's any different. I know it's a little weird in the chair because of my arm sides, but. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, my neck maybe did feel a little bit like less tight on the side or just yeah. my shoulder, my shoulder's not any different so much, but yeah. Yeah. It, it looked like you're moving your shoulder a little better to me, actually. Oh, maybe. The, yeah. the, okay, so this one feels looser than this one right now, but yeah. But you also might have to gargle more than well, three right, seconds and, yeah. too. So you can and play with that and see near the yeah, how, how, <laughs> no, um, that's, that's really neat. So does, um. Does other stuff that's similar to gargling work like a humming or something like that? Or no, more mm-hmm. so gargling. Yeah, there's humming. There's also these like pen type uh, mechanical vibratory tools that you can buy and you can vibrate them on your neck or on your stomach or anything like that. And that can stimulate nerves in a different way too. Wow. That's um, but yeah, humming is also a good, good vagus nerve soothing exercise yeah. for sure. Oh my gosh, that's so interesting. And so what else would you want to maybe just share with us as far as like why this is so important that we try to really connect and let our parasympathetic, um, maybe not be in charge, but kind of be more connected and, and aligned with that instead of sympathetic. Because of course, like you said, that keeps us more this, like always on the ready, right? For yeah, like, the scary things that aren't really scary, but. Well, they're both equally important and it's, it's not like one wins or one's better than the other one. It's all about, like what you said, it's about balance and helping bring yourself back into balance. We all feel better 
mm-hmm. when we're in balance. We all perform better when we're, when we're uh-huh. in balance and we're like much nicer to be around when we're in balance. So if we have a handful of, of things that we can do in the moment, it's super empowering. It's super effective and it really transforms the way that we can show up in our, in the world, yeah. which, you know, how cool is it that you can have control over that? I love it's, it because it's, amazing. it's really like, what else can you do to instantly feel better? Mm-hmm. It's, it's awesome. So, yeah. So then basically um, if we're feeling like, oh my gosh, like I just feel stressed out. I have anxiety or you get home from work and you just feel like you haven't been able to kind of shed off the stress of the day. You're basically yeah. saying like doing these simple things, like doing, like doing breathing exercises, whether it's the one you showed me where we put our hands on our ribs, you know, on the sides and then front and back, or whether you just take deep breaths um, yeah. and then doing something like, like relaxing or changing the bar, how the uh, Vargas nerve is kind of recognizing things. So those are the sort of things though, that we could quickly, you know, like, for instance, I know my husband sometimes comes home from work and, you know, it's been a super busy day, then he's running around and he's a soccer coach. So sometimes it's like, oh, he's just like, I'm so ready just to sit on the sofa and relax because then he still probably has a list of things to do later. Right. So yeah. he's just, you can just tell he's like, oh, I just need to relax. Right. So for yeah, instance, yeah. an example like that, just doing a couple of these simple things can kind of help shift him into kind of having a little bit less, maybe that, that stress and anxiety and letting your body relax yeah. a little bit more. Yeah. And I think there's a difference between uh, checking out and checking in. And uh-huh. I think in our culture, and you had another episode about self-care and it was awesome and I loved it, but like little tangible ways to give yourself those deposits. Uh-huh. But I think in our culture, it's so much more accepted and encouraged to check out rather than mm-hmm. check in and stress is cumulative, right? The the day ends and you feel stressed. It wasn't because there was traffic on the way home. It was because right. all the little things that happened before then. And so what I would actually encourage people to do is, don't wait till you feel stressed, like do them throughout the day, set a timer on your phone. Every Mm -hmm. time you go fill up your water bottle, do some gargling or take a pause and do three deep breaths Mm -hmm. and just kind of build it in throughout your day because stress is cumulative, but so are deposits. So Mm -hmm. is balance. Balance is also cumulative. So you gain this momentum and you gain this ability to change your baseline throughout the day and you don't have to wait till you get stressed. But if you are stressed then you have tools to bring yourself back into balance more quickly. Yeah. Oh, no, I think, I think you're right. I think it's so good. And I do think that while more people are talking about these types of things and how we reconnect and how we do self-care, you know, especially like you said, throughout the day, we check in with ourselves. I think there's still a lot of people that are living in that aren't doing those things either because they don't have that knowledge, right. Or they've just not really made it a priority yet, you know, because I have tons of friends, you know, that I still talk to them and it's like every day, it seems like it's like a crisis mode, you know, they're kind of in crisis mode and you're kind of like, what's going on here? You know, but they're just obviously not, they're not recognizing that they're sort of staying just in that, that high anxiety state all the time, you know? So I think you are right. I mean, the more we can pay attention and then kind of do these little things all day long, we can kind of stay at that state where then it's not building to that level, you know, where we're just feeling that constant and think that that's normal, you know, when yeah. it's not normal um, or it's not somewhere we want to be all the time, obviously. Right. So I think it's really important. And I think that's, it's amazing to me that we can do these super simple things and it can really shift so much, right. It can change all these different 
uh, hormones and systems in our body, our blood pressure, our heart rate, you know, all the things. And then our, you know, mindset, kind of like you said, being present and being available and feeling calmer. I think that's fantastic. So are there any last tips or resources that you want to share with the listeners before we wrap up and find out how to connect with you online? Well, I really think that the body is worth fighting for, like your body's worth fighting for. And that, that sense of calm and that sense of balance is available. Like we can make it happen. Um, and I, I have a free Facebook group that I have, it's called inner restoration and I have a a free training coming up in the, in the second week of January. So people can connect with me there and learn a few more ways that they can help regulate their nervous system and help bring more calm into their day. And um, the website to connect with either one of those things, the the website for the Facebook group or the free training is http colon slash slash home dot inner dash restoration dot com. So you can get on there and connect with me and hop in the group and get some new tools to help yourself. Oh, I love it. Well, thank you so much, Allison, for being with us today. And I think this is such great information because this will release before, you know, the Christmas and Hanukkah season. And so I think it's like a good reminder for all of us, like, you know what, let's slow down a little. Let's yes. try to take these moments for ourselves where we can feel a little more calm and really enjoy the season, the people around us. So thank you so much for being on with us today. Oh, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Wow. Talk about a comeback from a serious health crisis. I can't even imagine not being able to move from the neck down for over a year, especially as a teenager. So I just wanted to remind you that our health is so important and taking the time to listen to our bodies and to care for our bodies is so important because we can't really build lives we love if we don't have health. And I want to share this quote with you or words of wisdom by um, Herophilus. He said, when health is absent, wisdom cannot reveal itself. Art cannot manifest. Strength cannot fight, wealth becomes useless, and intelligence cannot be applied. And I think that is so true. And I think we have to remember it's about taking care of ourselves, keeping our immunity up, eating right, you know, and doing all those things, and then seeking out different uh, solutions when we have a health crisis or something else to find a solution because our bodies were actually meant to heal, right? They were actually created to do that but often it's because something's blocking them. So I would just encourage you, let's put our health first and then we can go after those other things. Lives we love and financial freedom and flexibility and doing something that we care about and has lasting impact. Once again, thanks for listening to the podcast. If you're feeling stuck, I would love for you to go to kristenfitch.com slash unstuck and check out a program I have coming up in January. We will be doing pre-sales in December, starting December 1st. But this is a place for encouragement and accountability. We're going to have accountability most days of the week. And I am going to help you focus on the things that matter most to build something you love and that you're proud of and that has impact in the world. And if you need a little bit of tech how-to or help, I can help you with that too. Just go to kristenfitch.com slash unstuck. And between now and December 5th, We are running a Cyber Monday special, so I would love for you to check it out. And if you have questions, I would love to hear from you. And if you enjoyed the podcast, we would love it if you could leave a review on Apple Podcasts because that helps us get discovered by more people. We'd also love your feedback. So email me at kristen at kristenfitch.com or DM me on Instagram. I'm at kristenfitch. And let me know what ideas or ideas for shows or for guests that you have. I would love to hear from you. 